chapter ten of the love of landry by paul lawrence dunbar this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter tenth for some reason or other quite unrelated to love mildred had cried herself to sleep over landry's letter she thought it was because she pitied him in his sorrow when they met again she told him so and he was more miserable than ever because she gave him pity when he wanted love they tried to resume their old relations but utterly without success there was always between them a subtle embarrassment the shadow of his refusal so the days went by until the time for the round-up landry kept his promise to mildred and saw that arrangements were made for her to ride out to see the cattle when they were to be driven down into the valley heathcote had begged to be allowed to ride with the men and permission had been granted to him he was as happy as a boy although he had sacrificed his own inclination and forced landry to take back his horse for the work it was noon of a monday when the men set out for the broad valley into which the cattle were to be driven down from the ranges with heathcote there were eleven of them in all brawny raw-boned fellows bronzed by the sun and wind hard riders hard swearers but faithful to their duty and fearless in the discharge of it it was near evening when they reached their destination the horses were unharnessed from the grub wagon as soon as it came up with them and after supper they camped for the night resting for the next day's riding they were up the following morning and with three men left at camp were away into the hills all day long they rode the ranges cleaning them out as with a great ever-moving comb and the cattle streamed down into the valley it was an all-day undertaking and not yet done when mildred came in the evening the buckboard brought her and her father and her pony jack trotted behind it was a wonderful sight to her and she was much grieved that landry insisted upon her and her father's camping so far away from the herd that night it seemed to make of them only spectators when she wished to be part and parcel of it but landry knew as she did not the words of the songs the cowboy sings as he gallops by night round and round his cattle stirred with the novelty of the situation mildred was up in the morning with the earliest of them it was a glorious day all golden browns yellows and blues the mist hung heavy over the mountains but for miles along the plain the air was as clear as the water of a mountain stream it was one of those hot days which come to colorado even as late as november it was very still save for the calling of the men one to another as the drove of cattle eight hundred strong went milling round and round the valley all the night before the men had circled the herd singing their interminable songs to reassure them but to-day the animals were nervous the smell of water in the bottom of a dry wash which ran across the end of the valley at its entrance made them restive and every now and then one would break away and dash forward only to be followed by one of the boys and driven back to his fellows 
they snorted and bellowed and pushed one upon the other their horns crashed and waved a short bristling terrible forest and their brown or brindled sides gleamed in the sun it was hard work keeping them together to the front and left of the churning herd landry was riding his face gloomy and sad behind him on the same side rode heathcote well directly opposite on her favourite pony was mildred near her landry had placed a cowboy to see that no ill came to her he looked uneasily across at mildred and then glanced at the nervous steers i wish she hadn't come he muttered it's the day and the place for a nasty stampede a big steer far to the front bellowed and sniffed the air landry rode quickly forward and the long thong of his quirt curled about the great fellow's neck and the column moved on as before it was nearly seven o'clock in the morning and while some of the men were busy keeping the cattle from breaking away others were preparing to cut out the beef steers for shipping and the late calves for branding a wind sprang up and it seemed that the heat of the atmosphere was about to abate landry breathed freer and again his glance wandered over to the girl he loved he caught her eye and she smiled at him he felt as if she had laid a cooling hand upon his brow mildred was a spectacle to call forth the admiration of a man who loved her even less than did landry her grey habit fitted snugly her girlish form and a soft felt hat with an eagle feather on the side sat jauntily on her brown head she was joyous with the movement and life about her and glad with a feeling of sufficiency which came to her as she turned her pony this way and that her father had felt some misgivings about her coming but she had pleaded so hard and had looked so beautiful as she begged that he had kissed her and told her to go while he remained with the grub-wagon not far away he knew that with two such protectors as landry and heathcote she could hardly come to harm she was going gaily along and the glow on her face made landry's heart leap then in a second it all happened a bunch of steers broke away toward the water one by one of the ringing multitude joined them until in a few minutes the whole herd had joined in the wild rush toward the box canyon stampeded was the one word that mildred's cowboy protector expelled from his lips as he galloped away from her side the cattle were racing like mad down the valley making a seething cauldron of bubbling backs the girl saw what had happened her face went white but a sudden thought took her and digging her heel into the pony's side with set face she went flying after the maddened steers bending steadily to the right she had heard that in such a case the thing to do was first to try and turn them and then to get the cattle milling and she felt that she herself might help to do it but the cattlemen all forgetful of her had swept round to the left of the herd and were trying to turn them to the right for they knew just how far back lay the deep dry run and what it meant if their raging charges reached that they had seen such sights before when the cattle which made their life and the existence of the ranch possible went headlong into the steep cut and piled one upon the other a groaning bellowing quivering mass of struggling flesh they had seen the cut filled until the rear guard of the herd had passed over on a bridge of their dead fellows so it was no wonder that they forgot the girl and went galloping wildly to the left of the throng even heathcote became infected with the insanity of the men around him and the terrible whirl of the whole scene he put whip and spur to his horse and swept on with them 
on on they went to the left bearing the enraged steers to the right turning them ever from the ditch of death but mildred unconscious of what they were doing only knowing and feeling the thought that dominated her own soul raced up behind the herd still bearing to the right and on to her death let the steers but turn and they would sweep over her and she would be as utterly lost as a scrap of paper in the mad breath of the cyclone only one grey-faced man took in the situation landry had started with the men but two hundred yards down the valley he saw her and for the time that the glance took him his heart stood still my god he cried what is the girl doing and then without further time for thought he cut straight across to the right behind the herd and went racing after her it was only a matter of time a trial of speed between him and the pony she rode a race between love and death down the valley the girl rode and he after her the distance between them was wide for he had to cross the whole width of the herd but he felt himself gaining at every leap of the roan mare's brawny legs then did he thank god that heathcote had given him back his own good mount no other horse could have done it could have overtaken the lithe little pony galloping so madly ahead great god he said will they yet have time to turn before i reach her and he called to his horse with a prayer that was half an oath the brown prairie burned under the roan's feet mildred did not look back she rode as one rides who has a purpose and that purpose quickly to be accomplished they were nearing the cut now he could see a straggly tree or two which grew upon its sides mildred mildred he cried out but the wind blew his voice behind him and laughed in his face then landry swore deeply and the next moment uttered a prayer to heaven and struck his horse until the spurs drew blood from her foaming sides on on they pressed the cattle on the left the roan flew and landry was gasping and his breath came hard between his shut teeth his eyes were wild as he came nearer nearer they were turning now and there were a hundred yards between them he swept up and stretched out his hand for the pony's bridle but just then the deep hole of a prairie dog reached out and caught the pony's off forefoot he stumbled mildred swayed in her saddle landry's hand forgot the goal to which it had started as he rode up to her side he threw his arm around her waist and dragged her willy-nilly from her saddle throwing her rudely but safe across the pommel of his own then his knees pressed the sides of the roan mare and she obedient turned sharply to the right they were just in time mildred's pony floundered and attempted to rise just then the herd swerved suddenly further to the right and in a moment the little beast who had so lately borne the girl was beaten beneath a hundred hoofs with tears of excitement in his eyes and curses of pure joy that took the place of prayers and thanksgivings on his lips landry slowed his horse and rode back toward the grub wagon he looked down into mildred's face it was white as death itself could have painted it she had fainted he spent above her and a groan forced itself from the depths of his very soul i've heard her he cried but she will live she will live thank god he rode as swiftly as he could back to the wagon where her father was waiting mr osborne saw them coming mildred lying as one dead across the saddle he rose pale and trembling as landry drew up what have you done to my child he said in a voice so low that it was scarcely audible i have brought her back to you said landry she is hurt a little but she is safe take her and putting the girl into her father's arms he turned his horse and went swiftly back to his duty with the help of the drivers the grub wagon was cleared and mildred was laid on a bed made of the men's coats nina was wringing her hands in the excess of helpless grief but hendrickson who had seen it all rode up knowing and helpful her 
shoulder was wrenched it was not a great affair and he set himself at once to put it in place and to bandage it it is not so much he said to mr osborne she is greatly shaken up but she is young and will soon be well but the old man only bent above his daughter crying oh mildred mildred have i brought you out here for this on the girl's face there was no sign of life but the set expression still lay about her lips will she live asked mr osborne oh yes said hendrickson she will live she is not greatly hurt it will be a little painful but she will live if she recovers from this i shall take her home at once her father said his anger at himself growing that he had allowed her to run into such great danger she is a brave young woman said hendrickson i'm glad that landry saw her in time landry landry he has saved my daughter to me i wonder what i can do to reward him the big ranch manager smiled i think your daughter will know better than you he said osborne looked at him dully as if hardly comprehending he is a big fellow he said i've always told her so mildred's eyelids fluttered with returning consciousness end of chapter ten